0: our spouses, or we love our friends, and they have invited us and we are here because we love them. And down within these reasons for our being here, there are varying degrees of buy-in. For some of us, this is our life. This day, this festival, these songs, this scripture, this means everything to us. And for others of us, this day is not that special for those reasons. We are decent and thoughtful people, but not so religious. And as for this day, some of us don't know what to make of this day. On the one hand, we want so much that it is true, but on the other hand, we're not so sure. So to those of us and to those of you who relish this day, who live for this day, I simply say thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad you love the Lord and you love the church. That means I have a job. It really means I have a vocation. And because of you, this day is possible. You do all the things that make it possible. Not just this day, but every Sunday. You make possible all the ministries of compassion of this church in this community. Thank you. Enjoy this day. It is a special day, and you are special people. Thank you. Now, to those of you who aren't so sure what to make of this day, I say this, welcome to Easter. Welcome to Easter. You are in good company. Because the first Easter people did not know what to make of it, either. John tells us that Mary Magdalene comes to Jesus' tomb early in the morning on the first day of the week, and it is still dark. Mary is the very first Easter person, and there is something so hopeful in that description of her coming early in the morning on the first day of the week. The early morning, the first day of the week, it is so filled with promise. It is the hour of burgeoning possibilities. Early morning portends the waking of life, the awakening of consciousness, the awakening of all kinds of possibilities to be and to do good in the world. The early morning is the most invigorating time of the day for many of us. Because the darkness of early morning must always give way to the sunrise, to the illuminating energy of light. And this is the first morning, the first day of the week. It is reminiscent of that first day when God began to create creation. What a richness it holds early in the morning on the first day of the week. Easter people are morning people. Mary is a woman of the early morning. And yet, Mary comes to that first Easter facing a great trial. As she makes her way to Jesus' tomb, the darkness that surrounds her is more than physical darkness, it is spiritual darkness. It is the absence of spiritual light. It is the darkness of what she does not know, what she does not understand. It is the darkness also of what she does know, of what she has seen. John tells us that Mary Magdalene was one of those women at the cross when Jesus was crucified. And that awful memory, seared painfully into her heart and mind, cast a deep darkness over Mary's soul. She comes to the tomb in the darkness of grief, the darkness of fear, the darkness of dread. And what she discovers there on that first, uh, first Easter morning only deepens the darkness. Jesus' final resting place is empty, his remains are missing. Mary has no way of, of imagining anything other than the worst. She is the very first to witness the resurrection, and her heart is broken. She goes and tells the other disciples. She is the very first to announce the empty tomb, and her word is one of despair. They have taken away my Lord, and we do not know where they have laid him. Two of the disciples come to the tomb. They see what Mary has seen. One of them believes. They look and leave, but she remains. She weeps. She weeps the bitter tears of one who has bear- borne the unbearable. One who has borne the unbearable and can only imagine that it will, by some dictate of God or fate or human choice, go on and on and on until she and the world for which she longs are crushed. And for her, this is how Easter begins. This is what the first witness, the first evangelist, brings to that Easter morning On the first day, early in the darkness. We all bring to Easter whatever we bring. Some of us bring many questions. Yet the most perplexing thing we bring is not our intellectual questioning, but the questioning of our hearts, the questioning of our spirits. It is our disappointment over the outcome of life our own life, or the life of a loved one, or the life of the community, or the life of the world. We are like the psalmist. Out of the depths I cry unto you, O Lord. Lord, hear my cry. Let your ears be attended to the voice of my supplication. If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you so that you may be revered. I wait for the Lord, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning, more than those who watch for the morning. We come to Easter in darkness and we wait. We wait with whatever faint hope the Lord gives us. Mary waits and she weeps there by the graveside. She doesn't know where to go. She doesn't know what to do, but she will not leave. She stands her ground. She keeps her vigil out of the depths. She cries. She waits, and Jesus appears, but she doesn't recognize him. She thinks him to be the gardener. She thinks he might know where the enemies have stashed the corpse of her Lord. And she makes the kind of promise that only grief can make. She says to Jesus, if you know where he is, tell me, I'll go and get him. I will bring him back here myself so that he might have the respectful place he deserves. And then... In a moment, in a moment that changes the world, Mary hears the first word of the first day. And it is the sound of her own name. Jesus says it. She hears it. Mary. It is her own name. It is the sound of her life. It is the sound of her identity, her fears, her sadness, her hopes, her dreams. He calls her by her name. And when that happens, the heavens open. The darkness flies. She sees in the dazzling light of an inexorable dawn. She does not find Jesus. She finds rather that Jesus has found her. She knows now that he is alive and that he knows her. It is enough. This place is not the place of a tomb. This is a garden. Suddenly she hears the symphony of life all around her. Sheila mentioned how beautiful was the chorus of nature at Bellingrath this morning. She hears that chorus. She hears that symphony. It is as if the trees salute her. It is as if the flowers bless her. It is as if the grass welcomes her. She feels the morning breeze. She revels in its fragrance. She is alive because he is alive. She still doesn't understand it all. There is still much mystery about it. But she knows in the depths of her once breaking heart that she is loved. And that is enough. She is a new creation. And this is the first of all her days. Any questions we have, any problems we have with Easter are not ours to solve. They are God's. Like Mary, all we have to do is grope along in the darkness until Christ finds us. And he will find us. He will find every one of us. At the end of our understanding and strength, we die Our life is hidden with Christ in God. And there the Lord Jesus finds us and he speaks our name in the clearest, gentlest, strongest voice imaginable. And there in what was a dark place, the iridescent mystery of divine light shines around us. Knowing that we are fully known, knowing that we are fully loved relieves us. It relieves us of the burden of always trying to get our hands around life and not being able quite to do it. The risen Christ says to us, come into my life. Come into my life. Overcoming our sins, our death, He lays before us a future of eternal possibilities. It is early morning, the first day, and we are alive. Now we begin to get it. It is all grace. And it is all of God. Grace extends in every direction, even to the bearing of crosses, even to the dark sadness. It is the irrevocable basis of God's relationship with this world. We cannot go anywhere that God is not. What joy! We are a new creation. And whether 3 or 63... This grand and glorious day is truly the first of all of our days. And the Lord invites us into his life. You are invited. Even if you don't quite know what to make of Easter. If the Lord is speaking your name this morning... He is inviting you into life, a life that will never end, a life of eternal possibilities. And this can be for you the very first day of a good life. And so we sing our closing hymn. And I trust that as we sing, you will experience the Lord's grace and presence through the Holy Spirit. And that you will respond. The hymn is uh, "Easter People, Raise Your Voices." It's printed in the bulletin, it's also on number page, page three, uh, number three hundred four. And then after we've sung the um, the hymn, you're invited if you'd like to join this wonderful choir and orchestra. We're going to sing the Hallelujah chorus. They're going to sing the Hallelujah chorus, and you're invited to be a part of that. If you'd like to be a part of it, just come up here and join. We, I think we have books and everything, right? We have books. So you come and join us, and that hallelujah chorus will be our benediction. So now let us go with grace and peace and love. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.